Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with hosts Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. (laughs) (laughs) They'd get his. (laughs) I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Bonus Cast. We're doing it because... Bur- birthday Bash Birthday cast. Bash Bonus Cast because everybody donated. They said, we want an extra podcast uh, every month besides Drunk History. Just talk about whatever. And we told you, people, that you'd want it. And you gave enough donations. And God damn it, you were right to want the podcast. Because today, man... The Saints come firing out the gate. They were not screwing around. Um, Andrew, hey, ha- happy birthday, Ralph! Yeah, thanks. I mean, Ralph is Ralph is doing this on his birthday for you I'm, guys. Yeah, I am. No, that is that I, is commitment. I thought, I thought you were supposed to be like going out to I a meal did. I did. and I got, getting wasted. I did. I got. And, I'm pretty. I had a couple of liters of German beer, so I'm good to go, my friend. Are you getting Are you getting laid after this? I hope you're getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I pass out, well, you know that could that could put a that could put a crib in it. I want to read uh, a text that Andrew sent me today. Um, let's see, at about uh, at about twelve fifteen. If the Saints get Malcolm Butler and Zietler on the same day, I'll be gay for Loomis. <laughs> that's an exact quote from that's exact text from Andrew today. Um, it's true. We were fired up. I mean, it when it got to when it got to like twelve. Fortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, I'm I'm still straight. You're still straight. But Andrew, there was a moment in there where they where they signed Ginn, they signed Klein. It looked like the Brandon Cooks deal for Malcolm Butler was imminent, and it was down to the Saints and and, and the Browns for Zietler. It looked quite possibly for like a good. 15 minutes, like it was going to be the greatest free agency day in the history of the Saints. And it's still pretty awesome. Um, but you're... Th- yeah, you're, you're, I mean, you're... They, they basically... They, they, they lit any hope of a compensation pick in 2018 <laughs> on fire. <laughs> oh, so, but I mean, initial, <laughs> initial thoughts on what you start. Let's start with... And I'm going to kick... I'm going to 
give us a, a, a kick in the pants because we were talking about, look, if they trade Brandon Cooks, they need to get a guy who can stretch the defense. They need to get a guy who can return kicks and punts and play special teams. And we were all like, Corderell Patterson. But, man, Andrew, we forgot the number one thing, man. The Saints love players they play against. They went all in for Josh Norman. Man, Ted Ginn was the guy. He, he was an obvious entity. He was staring us in the face. And, yeah, and we really well. He's been a free agent a few times now, and yeah. they, they've they've never gone after. Yeah, but the Saints. Him. So, I, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think the stars kind of align this time. Um, he, he serves a dual function, so you know, if Cooks is out the door, um, obviously the Saints desperately need a field stretcher um, to at least fulfill that role that he gives them, and then uh, you know, kickoff returns, punt returns. I mean, the Saints have just been so miserable in those departments. They haven't. Um, Ken comes in and immediately gives them, I would say, their most explosive return guy. Certainly since Brawls, maybe since Reggie they Bush. Haven't, they haven't averaged over nine yards of punt return since 2008. Dave, how. how, uh, how wait, wait, let's. Wait, wait, wait. We're not done with Ted Ginn here. No, Look, I was going to say. I, 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 I like the signing as, as, uh, as a special teams guy goes. Um, you know the the Saints definitely need a kick in the ass when it comes to, or a shot in the arm when it comes to. Uh, How scared uh, are you with the stone now, hands, though? Well, it, yeah, it, that's it's exactly. Not, it's as not a just receiver. stone hands. He, he, it's ball security too. Yeah, on I mean, as a, as as a receiver, we've played Ted Ginn now <laughs> uh, a, a whole bunch of times in in, in 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 over the last five six years, and. Us and a lot of other teams in the NFL have been the beneficiary of just fucking <laughs> stupid ass drops. Just the stupidest drops you've ever seen in your life. The dude will just be wide open with the with the cornerback 20 yards away and the dude will fucking just <laughs> the ball for no reason. And he's now on our team as a receiver. I'm I'm not a, how good does him. he how good does he have I'm to be on special teams? How many how many how good does he have to be on special teams to balance out the five to six horrific drops he's gonna have? Oh, he, he, <laughs> he needs at least like two or three T D returns. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I mean I would I would he's averaged ten and a half yards of punt return no. his career. The Saints haven't broken nine yards of punt return since two thousand eight. Yeah, he's he's got seven touchdowns on returns in his career, but none since twenty fourteen. I mean, I just want him to be average. Uh, just be no, average on kicks and punts and he's fine. Now, oh my God! I'm seeing it now. He's gonna fuck us. Some, some <laughs> in the game. One week, I can fucking see it now. Dave, is, <laughs> Dave, you are fired up because you were adamant that Nick Fairley did not deserve anything more than a one-year deal. The Saints that is gave correct. him. Thank, four... thank you for being accurate in your reporting. The Saints. <laughs> earlier, earlier, you said I didn't want them to sign no, him. I'm, I'm you... okay with them signing him. They gave him four years, thirty million Terrible. dollars. It is terrible. a phenomenal Stup- signing, but go ahead. This, they just they just lit money on fire. I, I can't <laughs> wait for two. I can't wait two years from now when uh, all of that counts as dead money against our cap. Because uh, I'm sure that's what's going to happen. I haven't seen the guarantees. I haven't. I haven't seen the structure of the contract. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I really shouldn't say anything until we know more details about it. I can't it, imagine for for. For four years, thirty million, Andrew. I mean, we. I think. I think we can safely assume that a decent chunk of it is guaranteed. 
you think? They gave him a handsome, handsome contract. And that's fine. Look, I'm, I'm well, okay with, think... with paying him guaranteed money. I'm okay with a big signing bonus. Honestly, if it's like if it's a, it's a four-year deal, but if it was like where only the first year is guaranteed and like the Saints can void it after the second year, like then that's fine. I don't care. I didn't care how much they paid him. It was always about the length of the contract. I, I just I need fairly to not be. We need him to not be comfortable. We need him to be hungry. We need him. We need to find it. It seems to me that he is very financially motivated, and so he always has to have that financial motivation. But and only done in the NFL by having a player not know when what his. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships. The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. His next possible contract. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, I would think, Andrew, at $30 million for four years, I would think, what, like $12 million is guaranteed, maybe? $13 million? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. They're going to be able to get out of this after the second year if they want. And look, listen. If you look at the contracts that some defensive linemen got today and and earlier, I mean, Miami gave Branch, who had been cut and bounced around, he got three years, twenty-seven, fifteen million guaranteed. Uh, the guy for Carolina, I forget his name. People wanted him. He got he got what three years, twenty-one million, thirteen million guaranteed. So uh, four years and thirty million is, I, I mean, to me, even if. Andrew, even if Nick Fairley goes back and he doesn't have a career year and he ends up being an average, run-of-the-mill, defensive tackle, three-and-a-half sacks, if you're paying him $7 million, that's fine because that's what an average defensive tackle gets paid now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll go back to what I've said all along. Uh, I've said this numerous times, and uh, for me, it was all about the Saints just – they couldn't afford to go backwards. Um, I, I thought they were finally at a place where they were improving. Yeah. Uh, Fairly was by far, in my opinion, one of the better players on what was still a pretty, pretty mediocre defense, if not bad. And so um, you, they just, they weren't in a position to where they could go backwards and losing Fairly absolutely would have left a hole on this defense that would have needed to be replaced. Now, I mean, look, there's still some holes on this roster, but I feel so good about defensive tackle. When you look at the depth they have with Fairley and Rankins as starters, I mean, Davison's a guy that became a starter last year that's a good young player. And then, you know, Onyemata is kind of like a sub guy they have that has promise that they like Mm -hmm. um, that's developing. So, I feel like defensive tackle, I mean, if there's one spot, I would say depth and, and quality is really good. I mean, they, they've got a four-man rotation where they can 
shuffle guys in and out. And when you're able to shuffle guys, it means less injuries because you're putting less of a, of a snap load on guys like Fairley, guys like Rankin. So they're fresher. And if they do get an injury, um, they can sustain it. They can absorb it because they have guys that can fill in. Uh, Dave, this while Carolina was being ridiculous and giving uh, Khalil from Minnesota $55 million, they were giving $55 million to a player that Vikings fans were like, thank God he's leaving. While Carolina <laughs> was busy doing that, the Saints were busy signing A.J. Klein uh, to a, what is it, three years, $15 million deal or something. Um, your your thoughts on him? Are 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 you sort of okay with what they have at linebacker now with Klein, or do you need feel they need to do more? Well, don't, don't forget, Manti Teo is coming in for a visit. Oh, and, and his fake girlfriend. <laughs> well, hopefully. Uh, look, to be honest with you, I don't really know that much about Klein. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say that simply adding him. Uh, makes me totally comfortable with the linebackers. I'm glad they went and got a linebacker. I think it was definitely one of the bigger needs on defense. Um, but uh, I still think that they need to add a whole bunch more. And uh, and I'm pretty sure that they plan on doing that. My tweet capacity is now going to drop by 35%, Andrew, because 35% of my tweets uh, was, go sign a goddamn guard. And it's been like that for two years. <laughs> Yeah, and what are we going to complain about? What now? are we going to complain about? And the thing is, like, we were because Zietler, I would argue, he's the best free agent there was to get. Like, he was that good at guard. But give credit to Mickey Loomis. Last year they went after Boone and they didn't get him, and they didn't. They had some guards. They didn't. They liked in the draft. They didn't. They didn't. They, they weren't there in the second round, so the Saints didn't draft the guard. They were not fucking around at guard because what was it? You tweeted me like. Uh, that Zietler signed with the Browns, and then what, like 15 minutes later, they had signed Warford. Yeah, from Detroit. So, yeah, I mean, they was, weren't fucking I mean, around. This was, yeah, this was clearly. I mean, this was similar to the um, the Ben Grubbs thing, where um, you know, in, the, in, the, in that case, it was Carl Nix who was Zietler. Uh, you know, they basically offered Carl Nix an enormous contract. Uh, Nix was down to the Bucks and the Saints. And uh, Knicks decided to go to the Bucks for their at the time the richest contract for a guard in NFL history, and so the next guy in free agency down the list, the, you know, basically the next best qualified guard was Ben Grubbs, and the Saints said, "All right, Grubbs, we're offering you the contract we just offered um, for uh, for for Knicks," and they ended up signing him. So I, I think it was like that. I think the Saints basically lost out on Zietler and immediately said, "All right, who's the next guard? Next best guy." On our list, it's Warford. He's the next best what available. What was his numbers? I didn't see his contract numbers. Uh, they haven't announced it yet. I mean, my guess is it's going to be somewhere between eight and nine million a year. He kind of he's he's. I mean, clearly he's much younger than Jari Evans. I think he was the third rated guard. He's twenty five. Yeah, he was the third rated guard. AJ the, Lang for Green Bay was ahead of him, but Lang is injured, has injury issues. Uh, but but Warford sort of declined. He was great his first year in Detroit, and then sort of the last three years is sort of underachieved. But apparently he's awesome at screens, which is good. Um, hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I will say with Warford, his kind of he's always been kind of a road grader in in, in the run game, and I, I do think 
the Lions have gotten so pass happy. Um, I mean, it's more egregious this, than the Saints in terms of <laughs> how much they throw. And I think that's stretched him out a little bit. Um, and I think that's the reason a little bit for his drop-off. And I think he'll come to the Saints. I mean, he's certainly used to the high-volume passing with Matt yeah. Stafford. So uh, I think he'll come into the Saints offense. But I think, if anything, it'll be nice for him to come into an offense with an established running game, with an established back like Ingram, um, where he can actually make a bigger dent um, in the run game. Uh Dave, is it is is because um, I mean the Lions really they really and truly throw every play. <laughs> they do, and their their run game was just <laughs> their run game was. Awful. I mean, um, but I mean today. I mean it was it was it was phenomenal today. Is the is there was there anything? I don't that, I don't know why I I don't think today was like that amazing. I mean it was it was fun. Yeah, you know, they made some. They made some decent yeah, but when's moves. The, but when's the last time, Dave, on the first day of free agency that they signed four dudes? On the first day. You know, normally, mm. it's like you know the first day happens, and then the Saints wait for the mar- – maybe they get one dude, and then they wait for the market to settle for a few days, and then they add some yeah, guys. Yeah, I guess like, that's true. It's amazing I, what you can do when, when you've got money to actually spend. Yeah. Last time Not I remember that. the Saints. And, and guys like Klein and Ginner – Yeah, and guys like – Klein and, and Ginn are normally guys that are signed in day four, or day five. Yeah. Um, so they, they really hit, got targeted the guys they wanted and, and, and did a great job. I mean, um, the, the Brandon Cooks thing is still sort of lingering. Um, I feel like, I feel like, Dave, the market's kind of shutting on the Saints because Philadelphia got uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, you know, so that. That closes off them, so I feel like it's really kind of down to Tennessee and New England. Um, the interesting thing with New England, though, today is, you know, we were talking about the thirty. They said the thirty-second pick wasn't enough, but today it was like straight up uh, for Brandon Cooks for Malcolm Butler, uh, and there's a really like the I don't. On Twitter, the opinion for that Dave was all over the fucking place. Like some people were like, I... "What is New England doing?" Uh, and then other people are like, "That's a huge win for New England." Butler's not that good. He's a system guy. Like it's all over the place. What's what is your feeling on that? If that comes, I mean, I think I, I think if you're talking about a one to one swap, I think the Saints would be foolish. I think I don't think that's a, that's an even trade. Uh, not can certainly use a guy like Malcolm Butler, but um, I don't know. I I just I'm, I'm I'm really not being a homer here. I'm trying not to be a homer, but I mean, I just think Brandon Cooks is way more valuable than than Malcolm Butler. So I think a one to one trade would uh, would the Patriots. I think to even things out, they'd also have to give give something. Andrew, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I kind of disagree. You, I disagree. You're fine. I, with I Malcolm. think. Well, I, I wouldn't do it straight. I mean, there, there's a contract um, component at play, um, and that's that currently Malcolm Butler is tendered as a restricted free agent, um, so he's on a one-year tender. If, I mean, if he doesn't sign that, uh, then I don't really think the Saints want him for a, a one-year contract on a restricted free agent tender. So uh, I think they want him on a long-term deal if they make this trade, and uh, so then they'd have more security, uh, but he would cost a lot more. 
He's you know, I mean, sixty-five I, million, forty million guaranteed. Yeah, I mean that, that's kind of the deal that someone like that would get. And so you look at Brandon Cooks. I mean, he's going to have his rookie deal this year. He's going to have the option deal next year, and then a franchise. You know, wh- whether he would be, yeah, franchised or resigned or whatever. Um, that's that's another year down the road. So when you look at the that that's a component you have to factor in. And that's why I agree that you'd like to ideally get a pick back. Now, um, you know, I've seen some people out there saying the 32nd pick and Butler uh, for Cooks. I mean, that's not going to happen. I mean, it's completely unrealistic. We're not well, going to get a first and Butler. Um, you know, maybe we get a third back. You know, well, you know what I could, you know what I could see though. I could see uh, the Saints getting Brandon Cooks. And number thirty-two, and New England saying, "Look, we'll give you our first-round pick, but you got to flip picks in the second round because that yeah. pushes them from thirty-two up to what would it be? Uh, Forty. It would push yeah, them I mean, from sixty-four I could maybe to forty-two. See like that. So sure, I could sure. see, I could see, I could see something like that. And the Saints think it, the Saints will be like, it's a win because we get the extra first-round pick, even though it's late." You can still get a guy if you know what you're doing, but I guess the question is, Andrew, uh, and it, we need—I I, want to get back to it a little because at first I was like, "Eh, Jay Klein, whatever, he's nothing." But then the more I read about him, he's really fast. Uh, he seems like he can cover. Um, is he? I guess my question is: Is he a better quality linebacker potentially than Robertson? Because Robertson from the Browns, people knocked it. Yeah, people knocked it, and it worked out pretty well. Is he even a better quality linebacker than, say, Craig Robertson? Well, I think it's in the same ballpark. I think uh, you know Klein had had to start some games due to injury, um, but you know he's really been a backup. And you know the thing about him is he um, he's been living in Luke Keekley's shadow, you know, for the last four years as a backup for Carolina, and I think. In some ways, you know, Robertson started towards the end for the Browns, but uh, yeah, I think he was viewed more as a as a backup, a quality backup and special teamer, and that's what Klein was in, in Carolina, and he was a captain on special teams and a very good player. But uh, you know, he was kind of thrust into a role of playing a lot more on the yeah. defensive side of the ball with Keekley's injuries and everything, uh, and he played really well. So uh, I, I envision a scenario where Klein and Robertson are on the field together. Um, you know, who knows how healthy Ellerby is going to be. So uh, now you've got Klein and, and then you can move Robertson back to Will. And listen, uh, I haven't fully given up on Anthony. Uh, I think it's one of those things where you let Klein and Anthony battle it out for middle linebacker. My, my expectation is that Klein will win that battle. But, uh, you know, if, if Anthony can bounce back and become the middle linebacker, then Klein is still a great backup. They can come in in certain situations. They can play special teams. Um, so he still has value to the team, even if he's not starting. Um, and then if Anthony sucks, then Klein's a starter, and, and you're glad you signed him. Well, and yeah, and the thing is, I saw, I saw somebody today say, Klein, you know, Klein looked better. Klein looked pretty good because Carolina has a better, has a really good defensive line, and the Saints don't have that. Well, I would argue, you know what? The Saints might have a pretty good defensive line if they can yeah, get the eleventh pick away know, if, from. If, if they got, <laughs> say, they got Chris Long in a veteran free agent, or even um, 
Barwin, who I, I know people knock him, but I like Barwin for the Eagles. If you had Barwin and Barnett at end, and then you had the defensive tackle, what you just talked about fairly, and on, and and Rankins and Onyemata and Davison, and then Cam Jordan, that's a pretty damn good front four you can have there. And then suddenly your linebackers are free, and they're going to look better. You know, yeah. so I think yeah. you know you might have a guy where Klein, he might be a guy you got in a, def- a discount, and he's a plus player, and he's he's a Shanley Fujita type guy where if you've got good people around him, he can be more than good enough. You know, because you can't well, have, you can't have pro bowlers everywhere. Yeah, but it's depth too. I mean, I think you look at the Saints linebackers right now, and we don't know how it shakes out. You've got Ellerby, you've got Robertson, you've got Klein. I mean, the, the, in the pecking order, you would say, okay, those three are probably the upper echelon, and then below them, you've got Michael Maudie, you've got Nate Stupar, you've got Stefan Anthony, and you're not exactly sure how. I mean, these are all capable guys I just named, and I, I think I think we know how it plays out, but you know, we don't know if. Stupar kind of surprises again and you know Shanley was a guy who we always kind of had him penciled in as maybe not being a starter this year and he continued to surprise so if Stupar is in the mix does Anthony have a revival you know and uh Ellerby and Robertson I think are going to battle it out at will so um when when you look at all that I mean who knows how it plays out but the point is you're now six deep at yeah, linebacker. You don't know. You don't know where you. You don't know where. You don't know where you're, you. The, you don't know where the knife wounds are going to come for injuries. You know, last yeah, year you, you so, was at corner. Yeah, exactly. Look, yeah. Last year was a corner. It might be at linebacker. Hey, we just talked about how awesome the defensive line could be, but it's still. It's still sort of Cam Jordan is the son of it. You know, and if he goes down, what do you have? You know. So I mean, you just you just need to build this roster with depth, and I like what they did, and. You know, I think for the Saints, there's still some there's still some good guys out. I tell you, um, you know, we we joked about it, me and Kevin, uh, on Monday because it it worked out for us. Zach Brown, the jokes would be phenomenal, but he didn't sign today, and he's a guy. If his price comes down, Andrew, he's a guy that I like. You know, I, I didn't like Nick Perry at sixty million dollars, but I like Zach Brown at five. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. so there's there's a lot of good guys. And, and Klein's deal is basically three years, fifteen million. I mean, it's very similar um, to what they got these other linebackers for. Um, so they can hit the eject button if 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 it doesn't work out. And for a guy that's twenty five years old, I think it's it's a great deal, uh, good value. So I, I'm feeling good about it. And uh, you know, again, like you said, you don't know where the injuries are going to hit you. And and I just feel like a defensive tackle and linebacker today, the Saints have set themselves up to absorb those. Um, you know, one other note I'm going to make um, is, you know, you look in these last 24 hours, uh, they really surprised me by giving Chris Banjo a two-year, $2.8 million deal. Oh, and, and Twitter say, tw- saying Twitter was freaking yeah, out. Yeah, they melted down. And, you know, it's a little bit more money than – I mean, it's in, in this cap, it's nothing. But um, I, I was a little surprised to see him get more than the minimum and get a two-year commitment. But uh, you saw them do that. Uh, you saw them bring back Shiloh Keough. Um, you saw them get Klein, who is a good special teamer. And even if he ends up starting and not playing special teams, um, it kind of secures maybe Robertson, definitely Stupar, uh, to commit to their roles on special teams. Yeah, and, and-, uh, and, and they do again today, who's a great returner. So uh, to me, in the first 24 hours of free agency, I mean, we'll talk about Warford, who is the big deal, and, and, and the Cooks trade. Uh, which is impending, which is that those are obviously the big no, ticket but he, things. And in re signing Fairley's big ticket, but 
I think it's really important to look at the last 24 hours and the clear message the Saints sent in my eyes is special teams cost us three to four games last year. And, and that's not, not, that is not happening in 2017. Yeah, and here's the thing. We're spending money to avoid it. Andrew, how many Sunday mornings did me and you and Nick Underhill argue with people about special teams? And they said, we don't care. We want guys that do multiple things. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of resources, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really matter. And we argue with them. And look, today proves we were right. It matters. The Saints take it are take I think today showed they're they're they've taken it more serious than they've ever taken it besides they, they, not, they not only hired all they not only signed all these guys, you have to remember halfway through last season, they added additional money onto their coaching staff to get an extra coach. Yeah. Um so I love it. I mean I I just think, you know, the Saints their offense is great, but imagine if they could start past the thirty on kickoffs, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and get a get a fifteen yard, twenty yard punt return once every other week. Like, imagine how unbelievably fantastic it would be, and and not have to kick for a touchback to ensure that the other team doesn't start past the forty. <laughs> exactly. Um, so. Uh, the the thing that's you know and Dave had to Dave had to had to bail. We thank him for his time that he could give us. The thing that's really interesting about the Malcolm Butler thing with the Patriots, Andrew, is uh, I have this fear that Bill Belichick's just smarter than everyone, and if he doesn't want Malcolm Butler, I don't know if I want him. You know, um, and they signed Gilmore today. Why did they give Gilmore sixty five million, but they didn't want to give Butler sixty? You know, like those things. I, Maybe it's well, irrational, but that's I, I how think, I think. I think, it's, I think it's important to remember that it hasn't come time to pay Butler. Um, and I say that because he's hit his first year of restricted free agency. And all you have to do when you hit that point is tender them. And they tendered him at the first round level to make sure they didn't lose him. So, you know, people say, well, why didn't he get a big long-term deal? He's not a free agent. That That's when you yeah, get, he, couldn't come, he, he, he said, has not hit the level. He has not hit the point in his career that he gets a long-term deal. And so uh, they were never thrust into that. And so yeah, and they said they were close, I, I think, but they I think, couldn't get it done. Yeah. So I think, well, but his agent, his agent came out and said, we haven't talked contract with the Patriots in over a year. Yeah. So, so I, I think it, it has a lot more to do with that. And it's not that they want to get rid of, I, I understand the reasons for being scared and all this stuff, but I think at the end of the day, they're losing Logan Ryan They're and they may trade Butler because they love cooks. I think this is less about them not wanting Butler and more cooks. about like Belichick is in love with Brandon cooks. And yeah. so I think as they were preparing to try to make this trade happen, they're like, well, we just lost Logan Ryan if we're going to try to get Brandon Cooks, we may have to give up Butler. So we better go out and get ourselves a corner. Yeah, and this and, and New England does the way they manage their cap. It they don't pay you early unless you take their deal. They're even more extreme than Loomis in that sense, you know. So they may have talked deal with Malcolm Butler, but they were like, "Hey, Malcolm Butler, do you want to sign two years early? We're only going to give you twenty-five million dollars guaranteed." And he's like, "No." I want 40. And they're like, well, if you want 40, you're going to have to wait two years, you know? Um, 
so there, that's the sense there. Um, but are you okay with you're okay with straight up cooks for Butler? Well, again, I think uh, you know the main thing is the contract, um, and w- once you factor that in, no, I mean, I, I think if you take the contract out of the equation, yes. you know, if you're asking me, if you're asking me, you know, the quality of the players, I think Butler is established as a number one corner in the league. Um, I, I think. Um, Cooks is established as maybe a 1A receiver in the league. I mean, I, I don't think a team picks up Brandon Cooks and says, this is our number one receiver. If, you know, w- w- without, you know, I mean, I, I don't think people would say that about Deshaun Jackson, you I, know? Um, well, and I, I think right now Cooks is at Deshaun Jackson level. Deshaun Jackson is a terrific playmaker, respected throughout the league. I mean, I think Cooks in, in three years – has already hit that level, and he can certainly get better. Um, but I think Cooks is a 1A receiver right now, and Malcolm Butler is a bona fide number one corner that covers the best receiver on every team he faces um, and does well doing it. So um, you, you can talk about system guy. I mean, the system we're talking about here is the Super Bowl champion, the best team of the last 20 years. So if he's a system guy for the best system that's ever existed in football – uh, I really have a problem with that. Well, here's my thing with uh, with 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 the national media. Like he can't really make a difference. They're like he won't make much of a difference for the Saints because their their defense isn't as good. I'm like, have you seen the Saints' corners? Good God, man, he will make a huge. I mean, he will make a huge difference. Um, the interesting thing about this trade, though, Andrew, is I think this is a it is a critical moment for Loomis and Peyton because you know you we can argue about the Jimmy Graham game look I argue with you I argue on Twitter you know but here's the thing that I think swings the, the Jimmy Graham trade in a sense that people think it's better for the Saints than it really is Jimmy Graham wasn't out in Seattle killing it you know like even when he was healthy like Seattle never could quite figure out how to make him what he was with Sean Payton, right? Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt the Patriots will make him a star. Brandon Cooks, he yeah, is he is the prototypical little white dude receiver that overachieves. He's that mold, except he's got super athletic skills. He will kill it in New England. He's gonna he'll have a hundred catches, twelve hundred yards, ten touchdowns, and that's his floor in New England. So if the Saints do this deal, Andrew, let me tell you something. Butler better kick lots of ass because I know Cooks is going to kick lots of ass in New England. Yeah, I you know, agree. So, so you won't have that thing of, well, you know, the Saints might have whiffed on Anthony, but Jimmy Graham, he got injured. He wasn't really doing that well anyway. And people could say, well, Unger did pretty well. Our line's a lot better, we think. So it can kind of you can kind of talk yourself into it. Man, if Butler is struggling and Brandon Cooks is putting up 100 Catches 1,200 yards and 10 scores, people are going to be like, what the fuck did you do? You know? Yeah. So this, yeah. I think this trade... I, is- I think I think it's important to remember, you know, once again, I, I think there's there's a few factors at play here. Number one, Cooks isn't coming coming back to the Saints. I mean, after these next two years, he, he's out. He, he, he does, he's unhappy in the offense. Um, he's already voiced that. Um, I, I think... I think a problem in the locker room is starting to marinate, and if you let if you keep him and you let him stay, it's only going to get worse. Now, I believe I, I still would like to believe that Cooks is a professional and that he's going to behave correctly if if he's forced to stay. 
Um, but as time goes on, if these feelings continue yeah. down this path, it could get worse. And, and so I don't think he would come back. That's number one. Number two, I mean, I, I'm not going to even list the number of key playmakers the Saints offense has lost and not missed a beat with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Um, if they unload Cooks, I believe that they will find another receiver. I mean, they've already got Snead. Uh, they've already got Mike Thomas. Now you add Ted Ginn. Um, I believe that they will be just fine without Cooks. This offense will find a way. Um, the offensive line just got better, which means their running game will get better. Um, so I, I still think this offense won't miss a beat, even if Brandon Cooks isn't in it. Um, I, I, this, this team is way more desperate, in my opinion. I think if you were to ask me, you can get a top-notch corner um, or you can keep an elite receiver. Um, this team is, is way too balanced towards offense, and I think they need a, a defensive player. So to me, you know, they, they, need, they need this guy. They need Butler. They need yeah, a, a, and the a thing premier is, corner. The thing is, look, Ted Ginn can give them the vertical threat. Uh, they could draft another receiver they, if they can f- they can find receivers. And you know what? Look, everybody says Cor- Kobe Fleener was a bust last year and whatever. You know, he'll get some of those throws. He could get bumped up to 65, 70 catches, and yeah, he'll ha- still have the drops that'll drive us nuts. But I don't think as long as the line is healthy, as long as Breeze is playing, uh, they're going to be fine. On, they're going to be fine on offense. The thing is, when you give up these assets, Andrew, you just they got to hit. They they've got to that you, you just because you can trade an asset away and still be okay on offense doesn't mean when you trade that asset away and the stuff you get back doesn't help you. Like eventually, yeah. you run out of chances because you run out of assets on offense. Well, so they, I agree know. with you. I I think so. I mean, there's two things about this this Cooks trade if it happens. Number one. Um, I, I think it exacerbates the importance of getting that satellite back um, because they try to get Cooks to do some of that stuff, uh, the, the sprawl stuff. We're talking about jet sweeps, mm-hmm. bubble screens, um, reverses, stuff like that. He was never any good at it. And um, you know, I, I don't I really feel like Cooks ever really materialized in that role. Um, you know, They get a guy like McCaffrey in the draft. Um, I mean, he, he's the prototype. Um, but I think if Cooks is gone, uh, you really need a guy to fill that role. I think Ginn will. Cook from yeah, Ginn, Ginn, yeah, I mean, Ginn will take care of the field stretching, um, but he can't do that stuff. So they need they need to find someone that can. Um, so I would say that the other thing, I mean, I think the working assumption here has got to be that. Swan is going to be hurt. PJ Williams is going to be hurt. <laughs> Delvin Bro is going to be hurt. Like their corners are going to drop like flies. They have for the last decade, and for whatever reason, that position in New Orleans they drop like flies. And now you've got a bunch of guys like all your top corners have injury history. So mm. I'm not comfortable like getting Malcolm, Malcolm Butler and just assuming, hey, we got a number one guy now we good at that position. We're not good at that position because we don't have enough bodies. So I don't, I don't care if it's bring Sterling more back. I don't care if it's draft three cornerbacks. I don't care if it's maybe it's just get Butler and another guy that's cheaper in free agency. Uh, but I, I but still get think Butler that, and Logan Ryan and just have this. Patriot well, second I there mean, obviously that's not going to happen, but I, they need to stockpile is my point at that position. They can't just trade for Butler and assume that corners. Well, if you get, Butler, Sterling Moore, 
PJ Williams, Bro, um, that would give you four. And then you have Kyle Wilson, right? That would be five. Um, Swan, Kyle Wilson's give, still on the team. Yeah, uh, Swan gives you six. You could draft one. That would give you seven. And you, you can even Ken Crawley. Ken Crawley. I mean, you can bring it, and then maybe you can even sign a veteran flyer when the if the market collapses. Uh, so, I mean, you could do that. Uh, the interesting thing to me is um, – to the Saints, you know, because to, to me, Andrew, they did everything uh, fantastic today. And as uh, Eric Nola Flint says, look, they, they had, today was perfect. They signed need players without spending over $10 million a year for anyone. Do, do, my thing is, do they have another bullet in them in a sense of Loomis will look at the market and say, oh, that guy – I, and I'm not I'm, I'm not going to say a name because I don't know who it would be, would be, but, oh, wow, that's a guy who we had pegged at $11 million, but he's at 7 We weren't planning on signing that position or that guy, but he's there, you know? Do you, do you think that could happen? Because I think they've, they're sort of like maybe like under budget. Does that make sense after today? Yeah, you mean in free agency? Yeah, I mean in free agency. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, Logan Ryan's kind of the one big name that didn't drop today. I was yeah. surprised by that. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, if this thing doesn't work out with Malcolm Butler, uh, I wonder if they would come back to him. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a couple other corners. You got Prince of Mukamura. You got uh, Morris Claiborne. Um, so you've got a couple corners that are out there. Um but yeah, you mean got Drake Kirkpatrick? So Kirkpatrick. So I, I think. Um, no, he re-signed with Cincy. Did he? Yeah. That's official. Yeah, that was official. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know they're looking at Manti Teo. Um, Manti you know Teo. This is a question from Balky. Should we warn Manti Teo about the ladies who may not be ladies that can be found down <laughs> on Burbage? Come on, Balky. <laughs> Man, Manti well, Teo. He's a, he's a two-down linebacker though. Right. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. No, I mean, he, he's a good player. I, I, I talked to one of my uh, buddies at the Chargers fan. He's one of the most pessimistic friends I have. So I, me, I when I asked him about Teo, I immediately assumed that he was going to tell me he's terrible. Uh, yeah. But he actually told me, no, he's really good. He's just never healthy. But when he plays, he's good. So yeah. sounded like another Ellerby. So he, he'd fit in perfectly. Yeah. Uh, what um, free? Go ahead. I, I, I would keep an eye on, on Elvis Dumerville. Um, you know, just seeing what the market looks like for Chris him. Long. I'd yeah, rather, I mean, I'd rather you mentioned Chris, Connor Barwin as well. I like Connor Barwin a lot. He's a five-sack guy. He's a hippie, which is always fun. Um, so I, I just think, look, and I'm not saying you, you want Connor Barwin or whoever they would sign or Doomerville or Chris Long. You have to pair them with a number one pick pass rusher, you know, but – I think Chris Long is like your veteran. Let's play him in a role, you know, a certain number of snaps, maybe not start. I think you can get much better than you got out of Kruger than him. But you know, um, but here's a question from Sean: What free agency? What free agent are you most worried about signing with one of our NFC South rivals? Well, I can tell you, I don't know what the fuck Carolina was doing today. I, I mean, seriously, signing Khalil at left tackle from Minnesota. 
and Minnesota didn't even attempt it, and they gave him fifty. They didn't even Minnesota didn't even attempt to keep him, and they gave him fifty-five million. Like, you know, um, and Deshaun Deshaun Jackson, who I called on the Monday podcast, Andrew, yay for me. Is there anybody that you signed in the South that signed that you were really interested? Uh, I mean, Terrell Pryor is still out there. I mean, uh, I guess I guess I wouldn't be psyched if the Falcons got him. You know. Um, but no, I mean, I, I'm just looking at the free agent names out there. I mean, there's no one that at this point, you know, kind of all the heavy hitters are gone. So I think at this point, I mean, Logan Ryan's really the best one left. Yeah. Chris asked if the saints get Butler, can they afford to keep he and bro? Listen, bro was a nice story two years ago. But he hadn't really been healthy his two years in New Orleans. And he is a guy, he's really, he's a nice nickel corner or a nice third corner. But let's slow down on Bro being elite. I know PFF said two years ago all that stuff. He's a really nice little corner. But he ain't, he ain't going to be a $12, $14 million corner. He's just not. I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know how good Bro's. I don't think we can assume Bro's going to be any good this year. I mean, let's remember how fast of a decline it was for Keenan Lewis after that knee, um, yeah. and he's he's done. He's finished. He's not even in the league. So, um, you know, I think Bro. You know, as fun as it was two years ago. You know, last year he broke his leg. He came back from his broken leg, and then he got some other injury that finished him off for the year. So. Sure. You're talking, yeah. You're you're talking about a guy who, um, you know, with a broken leg. I mean, we saw what it did to Kenny Vaccaro in year two. Um, different injury, um, but at, at the same time, I mean, he, you can't assume he's just going to bounce back and be fine. Um, you know, bro, when he came back from his broken leg, he had clearly lost speed. He was way more handsy and physical because he felt like he had to grab and. So he was getting flagged a lot more. So, I mean, the guy has a, a neck surgery. I mean, he had he had a broken spine or broken neck. So, I, I mean, he, he's got an extensive injury history. I'd say he's a bigger risk than your average corner. I just don't think the Saints can count on Bro to, to be. I mean, I think if I think it's got to the, the mentality has to be that it's Lanyap. If Bro comes in this year, plays well, and reestablishes himself as a as a number one or, or a top corner, um, to me that would be a pleasant surprise. Yeah, the Saints, the Saints can't go into the season counting. The on more, that. the more I think about it, they've got to they've got to re-sign Sterling Moore. Hopefully, that the veteran market corners collapses and Saints can get a good deal for him. Uh, they got to re-sign him. They got to go get Malcolm Butler, and they got to draft a corner. Yeah, you know, I think. I, and and yeah. look, the the worst case scenario is you're like. Damn, all these corners are healthy. What are we going to do with them? But like, that's a problem that the Saints never have because they're going to get leprosy and a couple of them are going to die. And you know, you just got to work with what you got. Um, to look on the downside, which new free agent will be most? Which free agent is most likely to be disappointing that they signed today? Oh, it's got to be Ted Ginn. Um, oh I mean, yeah, he's, he's thirty-one. Um, I think I think he could easily. Uh, I mean, I'm just picturing four weeks into the season, he has two god awful drops on deep balls, and, and one of them punt. cost, 
Yeah, one of them costs the Saints a game, and he fumbles a punt, and you know Sean Payton has a quick trigger with making they don't a change. Have they don't have Jarris Bird anymore to fair catch everything either. Yeah, so I, I, I could see Ginn being a disaster. Yeah, um, but I don't think they probably paid Ginn much. But, I mean, and, and look, even if it doesn't work out, they, 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 they made an attempt on the first day to get better at kick return, and that's all you can – you know, that's all you can ask. Um, should the Saints take the number 18 pick for Cooks? Is that a good deal? Sorry, say again? Is, should the Saints take the eighteen number 18 pick for Cooks? Is that a good deal? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. At 18, are you going to get a player as impactful as Malcolm Butler? That's that's the question. Well, here's a, here's a poll question I, I asked. Here's a poll question I asked, and it was it was it was it was sixty. It ended up it ended up fifty five forty five. I think for for one of the scenarios, I said, look, dream scenario for Loomis. Tennessee offers you five and eighteen for Cooks and number eleven, or New mm-hmm. England offers you Butler and thirty two for Cooks. To, to me, yeah. that's easy. To me, that's easy. It's um, Butler and, and thirty two. Yeah, because you're getting two assets for Cooks. And, you're, and you know one of them's lock, rock solid, whereas yep. five and eighteen, they're right, they're nice, they're potential, they're shiny because they're they're unused and and nothing is as glorious as an unused top ten draft pick, right? Yeah. Um, but you don't or know even what you're gonna... or even just an unused first round pick in general. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't know, and and you're giving up two assets to get those. So I, I think it's just you know the return is maybe. You know, maybe Malcolm Butler won't be as productive as a top five pick, and maybe the thirty second pick won't be as good as the eighteenth pick. Um, but at least you're not giving up eleven. Um, you know, and we joked. I joked about it in my Channel Four column. We joked about it all off season. This is the year of the YOLO. Um, yep. Uh, do you feel like they went YOLO today? I feel like they went really I hard. It, I thought it was actually kind of. Not as YOLO and more just smart. I don't know, man. Would if 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 they decide if if Zietler would have took Tom Benson's money instead? Do you yes. Feel, I feel like they want. I feel like they wanted to go YOLO. It didn't work out with Zietler, so they did a lot of smart stuff. But I still think they're itching to go YOLO. Like I, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like to me. And you and I think you've said this a couple of times before. You know, you look at team like like Cincinnati. They've been close, 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 banging on the door, hadn't won a playoff game. They let two fifths of their offensive line walk out the fucking door today. You know. Yeah. And you can say whatever you want about old man Benson, but I guarantee you that wouldn't happen with the Saints. They wouldn't let that happen. And zero chance. You know, and and. Tom Benson, he will spend money. Now, look, I don't know how close it was with either. Maybe the Saints were only offered him. Maybe the Saints were only offered him twenty-five million guaranteed or whatever. You know, um, so I don't know how close it was. But the thing that I know is it was down between the Saints and the Browns, and that's a good sign. You know, I I don't think uh, Benson tells them no on anything they want. You know, it's just they have to make the right moves. And I think as a as a fan, Andrew. That makes me really excited. You look at teams like Cincinnati today, or I'm trying to think of, an, of, of other teams that didn't do uh, a lot of moves. Can't well, Kansas City they went to the playoffs, so that's not really. But I mean, they have a bunch of teams that don't really spend. You know, 
Um, and then you have teams like Jacksonville. They spend and spend and spend and never win shit. So, uh, and Cleveland. Oh, we got to talk about that Cleveland trade. I know it's not a Saints thing, but that was big news in Houston. Andrew, Cleveland, for people that don't know, Cleveland basically went to the Texans and was like, hey, you want to get rid of Brock Osweiler? We'll take him off your books. We want your second-round pick. And Houston did it. Cleveland basically paid $16 million for an extra second-round pick. Seven, yeah, my but, wife. $17 yeah, and, million. And, and people will say, like, well, that a second-round pick isn't worth $17 million. That's ridiculous. But what you have to understand is the Browns have, what do they have, $100 million in yep. cap room? They're not going to – it is literally – unless they were so reckless with their contracts – um, giving guys like Corderell Patterson one-year $11 million deals and doing stuff like that like seven times, um, unless they were so idiotic with their free agency that they were just reckless to spend it all, it, it's impossible to spend $100 million. I mean, unless every top-flight guy was going to sign with you, but obviously they're the Browns. That's not going to happen. So – they're going to have a bunch of room, and you, and you have to spend a minimum of, what is it, Ralph? 80, 85%. 85% of your cap you have to spend. Um, and so I, it's going to be hard just with the way the cap worked out for them this year to spend all that money. And so uh, the way they can do it is ba- oh, basically this is, a, this is a way for them to kind of spend some money that they have to, um, and they get a free second-round pick out of it. And it does – Osweiler can either sit on the bench for them or they can just release him and take the dead money. Um, they, they can do whatever they want. It doesn't mean that Osweiler's yeah. in the plans for them at quarterback, but uh, given their cap situation, they used it to their advantage to get a second round pick for free. Yeah, I mean, and people were like, what? But I mean, uh, Tony Rowan's going to go. I think it's a genius move for the I Browns. think it is. I think, listen. Cleveland's and I think been- I think it proves. I mean, listen, the Texans they might get a little cap flexibility, and um, they got decimated today, man. They lost three corners today. Yeah, you might say you might say, hey, you know, they got Osweiler off the books and they, away from the team, and so maybe that's a win. But how bad does that make them look? That they invested all that money in him one year to only a- play one year, and then they had to give up a second round pick to get him out. I mean, at least the Saints just cut Jarrett's bird, right? After yeah. three years, you know. Yeah, they didn't have to pay someone. Or, a or, or Brandon, or Brandon Browner, you know. They're just like bye yeah. bye, you know. They didn't have to give somebody a pick to get rid of them. Um, but I mean, way more embarrassing for the Texans, you know. And, and 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 again, thanks to everybody who donated. This is what you this is what you wanted. We give you an extra extra podcast every month. Uh, It'll be harder to do in the summer, but we'll figure something out. Uh, I would say, Andrew, people were super excited about this offseason because of the cap space, because of different things. And look, that's not just me talking. If you look at our podcast rankings, people, the last three weeks, you've been listening to this podcast more than you listened to it during the season. You know? I mean, like... So people are pumped. I would say today, Andrew, even ramped it up even more. Uh, I would say, I would say people haven't been this excited about the Saints since 2014, 2011. I mean, they're I, pumped. I, I gotta say, I'm relieved, Ralph, because I was getting a little nervous after the Brandon Coleman and the Banjo resignings and and. 
people were kind of melting down on Twitter over that. They were. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? These are camp bodies. I mean, they can be cut and the investment is the minimum. Like they can be cut in training camp if they're not any good. And um, I, I just feel like the way fans are reacting, I was like, God, and I really feel like sometimes it's like everyone wants an elite corner and then you sign one and people are unhappy about how much it costs. And it's like, well, what do you, which one do you want? Um, so I'm, I'm happy to see that for the most part on Twitter, uh, the morale of the fan base right now is pointing up and people are liking the saints moves because listen, you, in this day and era with this salary cap to land anything you have to spend. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, um, you know, what was it? It was just what three twenty. It was just two years ago, right? They got Brandon Browner and they gave him three years, fifteen million dollars, to be yep. the number two corner. Today, they gave Klein the basically the same contract, and he may be a borderline starter special teams guy. I mean, that's the that's the that's just what it is. And I mean, to be honest, teams. If, if Loomis has taught us nothing, Andrew, teams can do whatever the fuck they want within the confines of the cap. Almost. I mean, you can get kind of tied up in knots where the Saints have been not able to go crazy the last couple of years. But they still did a bunch of stuff, you know? So... Don't give a. It's not our money. Who gives a sh- Who gives a shit what they pay Nick Farley? I want the Saints to win on Sunday, and I don't really care. And the fact of the matter is, the Drew Brees clock is ticking. And I know all these people, Bill Barnwell, and all these people. They have their analytics, and they tell me free agency doesn't work. But you know what, Andrew? They may be right over the long haul that free agency doesn't work. But the Saints built a goddamn Super Bowl winning winner off of free agency. You know, they did it on one draft. They signed Drew Brees and they bought, got a lot of a bunch of free agents. That's how they won their Super Bowl. And the Saints ain't changing. So I say keep rolling them dice. Uh, so thanks to everybody. Is, there, is if, if there was Andrew, if I said we're going to do a podcast on Monday, if I said, Andrew, the Saints can do one more move before Monday. What do you want them to do? And then we'll get out of here. Yeah, I mean, they filled a lot of needs. Um, I mean, the guard addition is huge. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of giving up on pass rusher until the draft. No, it, it, that wasn't. And listen, there's I mean, no... maybe they take a flyer on a aging pass rusher that's out there, like a Chris yeah. Long. Um, but if there's one move, I mean, it's I don't really care how they do it. Um, but my goal would be. Um, to get a corner and whether that's Logan Ryan and free agency, whether that's trading for Malcolm Butler. Um, yeah, I'll say, I'll say if there's one move, get, get whatever high return deal you're going to get for cooks done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether that's getting, just getting a couple picks, um, or getting a pick in a player or getting Malcolm Butler, whatever it is, um, that would be what I would like to see happen by Monday. Um, j- just to get this over with and not have, I mean, I, I want to get the right return for cooks. Um, but I, I'd rather it happen sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, you got to, and you got to, you know, you got to plan. I mean, like, look, if if the if the Malcolm Butler deal isn't going to go through, then you you know, then, like I said, you got to, like you said, you got to go your and, elsewhere. Yeah. Yep. Um. 
you know what I would, um, you know what I would hope, I mean, he didn't sign, he just visited with Miami, but, um, and I don't want him to, I wouldn't want him to spend a ton of money on him, but I think if you, if you, if you told me, look, they compare a veteran pass rusher with the draft pick, Jabal Sherrod from the Patriots. Sheed. Sheed. Is that, is that his, it's S-H-E-A-R-D. Is that how you say it? Uh, yeah. So I, I, Sheard, Sheard, Jabal Sheard. Jabal Sheard. I like him, one, because I can butcher his name for the next two or three years. But what did you say at first? Shahid? Shahid. Jabal Shahid. Sharid. Jesus. Um, I like him because I can butcher his name for a couple years. And, Andrew, I just like, I think he can be a really good veteran defensive end. The problem is, I don't think the Saints are going to spend for him more than like six, more than like six, seven million, you know? And they shouldn't. No, but I mean, like, if, if I could, if, if I could get him for the fit, same contract I got fairly, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Uh, that sounds pricey to me. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the move that I hope they make. Uh, and Manti Teow would be phenomenal for me and Kevin for jokes. Yeah. Which makes us terrible people, but whatever. So, um, for Dave, for Kevin, who's MIA, for Andrew, go to Saints Nation. Andrew will have all the updates uh, tomorrow and throughout the rest of free agency. Uh, thanks to everybody. You donated. You got your bonus cast. Bonus cast. I hope you enjoyed it. Until Monday, the bar is closed. <laughs>